Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and in our recent past, we have welcomed the newborn king into the world. We have watched as the shepherds and the angels and the magi all sought to put themselves into the presence of Christ. We do that today as we come together to worship and to celebrate and then seek to do that every day for the rest of our lives. Let's take this journey together. We are so glad you're here. Come on in. Our first reading comes from Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal on the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you. For all future generations, I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is taken from the Gospel of Mark. And as we have been for quite some time, we are still in the first chapter. We are going back to Mark 1, 9 through 15. Familiar and quick words, but listen again with fresh ears. Mark 1, 9 through 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved with you, I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beast and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as Vicki opened up and as we have shared already, this is the first Sunday of Lent. Lent began with Ash Wednesday, 
and with a recognition that we are all mortal and that we were made from dust and to dust we shall return. What's the point of that? It's to know that this is the time for us to trust, to love, to turn to Christ so that we don't wind up as dust. It is really a message of hope through recognizing our own mortality. Well, that begins the Lenten journey. And this is the first Sunday of Lent. As Vicki said, we are purple designating that color. It is also a color of passion and suffering as this journey will end with Jesus on the cross and then the resurrection. But we have work to do between now and then. This six-week journey is an opportunity for us to focus on the things that separate us from God. It is a short time where we can look at our lives, ourselves, even our world, and think, where am I in my relationship with Christ? Number one, you have to ask, do you want it to be different or better? Because not all of us do. Many of us are happy with the way that it is. We are in enough. Our toes are in the shallow end. And yet, we haven't sacrificed too much. That is a faith that is not all in. And what do we miss when we are only sticking our toes in the pool of faith? We are missing the ability to fully give ourselves to Christ and walk ever closer and hear God's word more clearly in this journey, which is God's desire for us. So we have to be willing to do the hard work and say, yes, I want things to change. I want to know if I'm doing this Christian thing, I want to do it fully and I want to hear what God has to say to me. And in order to do that, we need to beat back some of the mess that keeps us from hearing God's voice, from spending time with God, that keeps us from the relationship we know that we want, but we're not willing to fully jump into. So Jesus has his time. This 40 days of Lent are based on Jesus being in the wilderness 40 days. Now, remember, as we just read, first Jesus is baptized. And we hear God's voice that says, you are my son, you are my child. God doesn't even say, this is my son. Speaking to everyone around, it is a direct and intimate conversation that God says to Jesus, you are my son and with you I am well pleased. I love you, you are my son. I want you to know that. God tells Jesus directly in that baptism. And then immediately, the Spirit drives Jesus out in the wilderness for 40 days, and Satan is there and tempts Jesus in that time. What is wrong with the Spirit that the Spirit forces him out into something that we look at as being something negative that maybe we ask, was that necessary? What was the Holy Spirit doing? What was the reason Jesus went or couldn't have gone right from baptism into recruiting the disciples and preaching in the synagogues, all those first pieces that Jesus does? 
couple of thoughts. Number one, before Jesus started his ministry, remember there was human parts of Jesus. And Jesus needed to practice, just as we all do, the temptations that would come his way. And if you remember, the first temptation was what? Anybody remember? Right, stones into bread. Jesus had fasted for 40 days. That's a long time not to eat. I encourage you not to do that. There are other ways. We'll talk about that in a bit. But yes, 40 days, and the devil comes and says, if you are the son of God that you say you are, and the devil knows exactly who Jesus is. Matter of fact, they are the ones, the demons in the early part of the ministry, they are the only ones who know who Jesus is. And they, they call him by his name, son of God, Messiah. They know. They are interestingly the only ones to know early in some of our gospels. If you are the son of God, you're hungry. It's been 40 days. Come on. That's enough. You've done it 39. Can we just call it 39? That's pretty close. Round up. You've done your job. You've, you've fasted so you can be closer to God. Just turn this into bread. Why, why would that be wrong? The devil says. And Jesus responds right away. Shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. All three responses are from the book of Deuteronomy, the fifth book in the Torah, the Pentateuch. Jesus uses each one to respond to each of these temptations. Tells us how important scripture is that Jesus quotes it to fend off temptation. We can do the same when we seek to learn and incorporate scripture into our lives. So that was the first one. You're hungry, feed yourself. No, not live by bread alone. Number two, Devil takes Jesus on the pinnacle of the temple. Just see that on our, our spire, our tower up here. They're up there and the devil says, throw down Jesus. And Jesus and Satan quotes scripture here. Psalm 91. Satan heard Jesus quote scripture as a defense and Satan says, you know what? I can quote some scripture too. You throw yourself off, the angels will attend to you and you're gonna be okay. And Jesus says, do not put the Lord God to the test. Uh, that first one about um, mentioned I live by bread alone was Deuteronomy 8.3. Second one was Deuteronomy 6.18. Not put the Lord God your test. Then the last one, probably the hardest, the devil shows Jesus all the cities, kingdoms of the world and says, this could be yours if the price is right. What's the price? Kneel in front of me. Look, Jesus, you don't have to do this whole blood and guts routine. Isn't what you want to come and reconcile all people to God? You can do that. I'll make it happen. I'll give you all these kingdoms. You don't have to do any of this nonsense that God is calling you to. Let's get there, let's get there fast. This shortcut will keep you from all of that that you know you have to come and do. It's easy, let's get it done. Just kneel before me. That would be very difficult, I would think, for Jesus. 
And then again, worship only the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 6, 13. So three times Jesus is tempted, three times he uses scripture to refute. So why, what is he practicing? He's practicing dealing with temptation. If he was just God, it would not be an issue. But Christ is also human, and throughout his ministry, he's going to be tempted in a variety of ways. We know later um, when Jesus has the conversation with Peter, and they say, who do you say that I am? And everybody says, you're John the Baptist, you're Elijah, come again. And, and finally, Peter says, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. And Jesus says, yes, well done, Peter. You were the rock on which I'll base my church. And the gates of Hades will not take it over or breach. And then literally the next passage, Jesus starts to talk about what has to happen on the cross. And Peter says, no, that will not happen. We will protect you. You do not have to do that. And Jesus says, what? Get behind me, Satan. Do not tempt me away from what I know I have to do. There is no shortcut for this. So don't tempt me. God was, Christ was very much tempted at that time. When Christ was on the cross, if you remember several groups and people, passers-by to the chief priests and the Pharisees, the scribes came by and said, if you are the son of God, take yourself off the cross. You have all that power, you command all of God's majesty and glory. Just take yourself off the cross again to keep Jesus from doing what he knew he had to do in sacrificing for you, me, and the world. So again and again, Jesus is tempted just as we are. And so he needed to practice. God needed to show Jesus that this was a part of this journey. It's gonna happen again and again. It also helped Jesus to focus on his relationship with God. Again, the giving up, the fasting, is a part of, traditionally, of the Lenten season. Sometimes we give up, sometimes we take on, sometimes we do both. What, what do we mean by that? Well, if you give something up, which is traditional, make sure that your focus is God. I'm giving up pizza for Lent so I can get into my bathing suit for summer, bikini weather, woo! 10 pounds, go Jesus. Who, who's that for? That's for you. That's not for Christ. Now, if you give up something that is unhealthy for you, good, good for you, we want you to be healthy. But what this giving up is about is you sacrificing something to show God that you love God, to show Christ that you love him as your savior in this life and the next. And it can be a variety of things. Vicki lifted some of those up. What are the things that you are wired for that you are addicted to? Only you can answer that question for you. Maybe it's ho-hos. Maybe it is fried food. Maybe it's Amazon purchases. 
Maybe it is our screens. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's being angry. Maybe it is alcoholism. This is the focus and the time to look at yourself and your life and to think, what is keeping me from being closer to God? And that's one of the things you work on through this season. You don't have to identify 12 things. Just choose one. And sometimes in the area of fasting, again, do not fast for 40 days. That is not our call. But we can fast in more healthy ways. For example, what if you gave up lunch on Mondays once a week? And then on that Monday, your stomach's grumbling. Oh, yeah, why am I grumbling? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave up, gave up eating. I'm fasting. And that reminds you that you've sacrificed something for God. And sometimes in that case, you can give up and take on because the time that you were using to eat in that Monday lunch, you can not only give up your food, but you could take on your daily devotion. You could take on a moment of prayer time. You can take on a moment of service. If you have lunch in your work and you have an hour, what can you go do in an hour that puts you closer to God? So some of that give up and take on can work together. But again, it's all up to you. What is it that's crippling you or keeping you from hearing God's voice more clearly? This is the season, this is the time. Traditionally, it is fasting and prayer. Both of those are good. If you do it in a healthy way, please consult your doctor before starting any fasting program. God's intent is not for you to harm yourself. That's not what this is about. It is about you sacrificing to show God how important God is and for you to say thank you for the love that we have been given through the risen Christ. So I want you to take time and think about that, how that works. Now, what gives Jesus the power to say no to that? Well, I can't help but think he just was baptized. And if we take baptism seriously, all the things that we need are given to us in the understanding of baptism. And if you haven't been baptized, God still loves you and you have what you need. But the ritual where we symbolize that, the activity is baptism. And God spoke to Jesus directly. You are my child, my son. I love you. I'm so happy with you. Even before Jesus did anything as far as ministry or started this wasn't merit-based. This is creation-based. The same way it is for us. God loves you. God loves me. God loves all of us. And we need to remember our baptism so that when we get into the wilderness, which is what we're doing, we're entering the wilderness with Christ for the next 40 days. But we're not there alone. We come with the knowledge and understanding that God loves each of you and me and us as God's children all of us. And because of that love, we know that when we're in the wilderness, it's not, we're not alone. That as we deal with some of the mess that's inside of us, that keeps us from Christ, we are not alone. We have the gift of one another in a church community, our friends, our families that help us do that. But more importantly, 
God's love for each of us empowers us to take this difficult journey on. Six weeks, what do you need to focus on that helps you hear God's voice more clearly? If you've read scripture and you can't find, you can't quite get it, try something else or with people. If you are praying and you can't quite get it, try different ways to pray and do it with people. These are disciplines that takes time. But the more time that we spend with God, the more time that we spend in God's word, we can do what Jesus modeled for us, respond with God's word when we are overcome with that which separates us from God. So the first thing, don't forget that each of you is a beautiful and special creation of God and God loves each of you and tells us the same thing God tells Christ. With you, God is well pleased. Yes, God says that to you. God is well pleased with you. And if you think that is not the case, you come see me, let's talk about that. God created each of you and no matter where we are in this faith journey, God still loves you because God made you and is connected to you. And God thinks you are special and beautiful and you are. So let that give you the strength to step out and say, I wanna be closer to God. Make the decision to try something different, not just keep God in the box where we can do our own thing rest of the week, we come do Sunday, and then we move on. That is not growing in our faith. This is a chance to do it. It's exciting. It's quite the opportunity. And Christ is cheering you on. The Holy Spirit is filling us and leading us so that we can be a community who is seeking to be closer to Christ. That's what this journey is all about. And it's hard work. It's not easy. Advent is great. Building up to the birth. Woohoo! Lent is harder because it's internal work and hard work. But for six weeks, give it a try. If you stumble, don't give up. Step right back on. Know that you are loved and know that you are empowered. And let's all seek Christ in new and faithful ways on our own together as a community and in the world. And let us begin our Lenten journey. Hallelujah. Amen.